gratitude is not only the greatest of virtues, but the parent of all others. Cicero. You're listening to an Inside Quote episode from EWS, where inspiration from iconic quotes is translated into practice. And wisdom can be embodied into one's life. Get ready to unpack essential principles and enjoy. Hi there. On today's Inside Quote episode for EWS, let's go for some wisdom and science within gratitude. This will be a longer episode, I guess, as I find this topic a fundamental one. Furthermore, I will not stick only to the quote presented in the beginning, which is open for discussion, as you might got the sense already, and I will argue a little bit in favor of that, but I will also go beyond that, presenting two more famous quotes on gratitude, as well as some shown benefits of practicing it, and some menaces that can be associated with gratitude that I've reflected upon, just myself, and I guess that no one else talks about. So, stay tuned, we will be grateful for that. First, about Cicero, the author. He lived 63 years from the year 106 before Christ. He was a Roman lawyer and scholar who played an important role in the politics of the late Roman Republic and helped on the establishment of their empire. He left a legacy with extensive writings around themes in rhetoric, philosophy and politics, and he is considered one of Rome's greatest orators. More info on him will be in the link in the description of the episode. Now, before going into laying out the benefits of gratitude, let's unpack the quote from Cicero. Again, quote, Gratitude is not only the greatest of virtues, but the parent of all others, end quote. Hmm, what a claim, huh? When you think of virtue, maybe you think more of heroic acts, or something truly remarkable or valuable, that has more utility, let's say, something that can be materialized in the world. Maybe things like bravery or courage, honesty, work ethic, patience, humility or kindness, and the list could go on for sure. But let me step back just a little bit to share a perspective on just the definition of virtue overall. First, simply put, we all know it, virtue is a quality considered good or desirable in a person, or one can assume virtue in any behavior showing high moral standards. But when we go further on to check its etymology, the origin of the word, we find that it comes from the Latin virtutem, which is associated with moral strength, goodness, vigor, bravery and excellence. In regards to being the greatest of all virtues, as Cicero claimed, well, is it fair to assume that gratitude possesses all these characteristics in the definition of a virtue, and to a special degree? Well, in my opinion, yes, because if we look closer, to be grateful is a sign of clear goodness, first of all, 
It's a sign of vigor in the sense that it can be a strong sentiment that invades ourselves. And capturing it all, it's a sign of being interested and deeply connected with the world we live in and with other people, appreciating noble actions and collecting value in the experience of being alive. And speaking of aliveness, I'll connect it to the second piece of the quote. That is, Cicero also claimed gratitude to be the parent of all other virtues. How so is that? Was Cicero assuming that without being able to be grateful in any sense, one would not truly possess any other virtue within him? Is gratitude that fundamental so that only with it other virtues can honestly emerge? I'm just posing these rhetorical questions, as I can't do much more than that. Needless to say, I'm just speculating here. But anyways, I'm inclined to argue in favor of his claim. And I guess I empathize towards it. See, in retrieving that aspect of aliveness, maybe gratitude is the holy grail for becoming the most connected with the world around us and with others. And maybe without this strong connection, one would not find value in the world and neither feel valued, possibly. And without feeling value, capital V, one would not feel this sense of aliveness and meaning into one's existence. And without this fundamental sense developed within oneself, no other virtues could sprout. That's why, after all, that the ability to feel gratitude is the groundwork for other virtues to turn themselves into existence. So maybe there's really some truth in what Cicero said there more than 2,000 years ago. Gratitude as the parent of all virtues. Hmm. Now, as for the benefits of being grateful, or practicing gratitude, may I say, because it can be more deliberately implemented after all. I will go for it in just a bit, but for now, I will divide the found benefits from research and from subjective human experiences into three areas. First, the benefits associated with well-being factors. Secondly, the benefits presented for physical health. And thirdly, the benefits that gratitude can bring to improve relationship quality. Again, I remind that I will not be able to go much in depth on each one of those, but still, you can find more details in the description of this episode, linking for some specific scientific studies and a neat infographic you can find there. And also, take in consideration, calling out for this, that the methodology used in each study, as well as the sample of the population that participated in it, is very relevant. Very relevant because I will present the next set of results in a resumed fashion and I do not want to induce anyone in error. More concretely, I will use the general term of gratitude, but it can be the case that what was done there in the studies was writing events on a gratitude journal, for example, or thinking for X minutes a day about different types of things to be grateful for. And then the results per se can have been measured more objectively on one hand, 
through brain imaging techniques, for example, or more subjective, on the other hand, by human subjective reports. So if you have further interests, you can always explore those links below and pose some questions to us so we can redirect you better. So without further advisement, first, regarding well-being. We have that gratitude can increase feelings of happiness. It can reduce depressive symptomatology. It can strengthen resilience. And it can help for better sleep quality. As just for now, if you're an athlete, you can see clearly how great of a service this simple attitude of being grateful can be to you. I guess that athletes that are more positive, free from internal constraints also, or happy, can perform better and more creatively, right? And surely enough, athletes that have more resilience will persist more and efficiently surpass more challenges. Not to mention that if one gets optimal rest by sleeping better, and sleep, I must say, a whole other area of scientific study that EWS will unravel soon, but by sleeping better, I was saying, one will certainly increase the odds of performing at his full capabilities, especially the mental ones, right? So, I'm just at the beginning and you can find already sufficient reasons why gratitude can assist you towards efficiently work your sports practice. But let's move on. Physical health is the second one. Here we have findings that gratitude is associated over time to reduced blood pressure. It can lead to less chronic pain. And a person that practices gratitude more often has increased subjective energy levels. Wouldn't you love to have these benefits assisting you towards optimal performances more consistently? I bet you do. And the broader one, applicable to all areas of life, is that the people that are more grateful are more likely to help others, have higher self-esteem, experience more empathy and approach social behavior more often. So this concludes for the third aspect on relationship qualities. Wait, excuse me, before you continue on for the episode, I will just ask you for a review. This is a common request, I know, and I imagine it can be tedious to do so, to divert now, and I am aware you as a listener just want to grow through However, if you do so on Apple Podcasts or Podchaser, it makes an important contribution for EWS growth and for us to keep providing relevant contents for you to actualize your sports practice and mental game. And also for me to be able to continue to bring in great guests. Moreover, each month we randomly select their two winners to receive exclusive material that will assist them reaching their full sporting potential. Also, it is important for me to hear your feedback, so head over there please, the links are in the description as always alongside with the timestamps. See ya! Hmm, and it's possible that you're wondering, how so? There is so many positive results in favor of gratitude practices. Well, again, we cannot go too much in depth here on this episode. Maybe we will save it for a more dedicated fresh research episode just around this and possibly mindfulness. 
But uh, all I can say by now is that several researchers have found already an association between gratitude and some minor but critical changes in brain functioning, somehow rewiring the brain connections and influencing the production of neurotransmitters like dopamine and serotonin. And another thing that we want to retrieve from this research realm is that this seems to be self-perpetuating the more one practices gratitude regularly. See, the more you deliberately find things to be grateful for and effectively, effectively experience the feeling of being grateful for those things to be in your life, let's say, or to happen in your life, the more attuned you will be to appreciate further events and retain the positivity within them bringing also more positive thoughts. It's like your prefrontal cortex will be more attuned to positive experiences and deflect more negative ones. Again, it's not like we want to deflect negative experience every time because not every negative experience is to be dismissed and can have some needed gems included in them there. And uh, this is not to say, this is not to contradict what, what I will talk about around the menaces of gratitude next. But yeah, I will explain more around that, explain further when I jump to the menaces part. But I just wanted to mention these facts to raise some attention to you if you're an athlete or a coach. And why is that? Because we all get to know in modern times that there's more benefits in coaching in the positive, by the positive, and this would be a whole other conversation to start, but in short, it's desirable in general to focus more on the things that are well executed, whether technically or tactically or whatever, the ones that bring success, and less on the ones, less focus, on the ones that are incorrect. In other words, it's more effective to reinforce those that happen well and less on punishing those that are incorrect. Well, what you just heard was something probably easy to understand. But to assimilate this or put it into practice is a harder task for sure. At EWS we aim to translate the theory and mental principles into practice the best way possible but it all comes down to you. Take a moment to really reflect. Is this good for me? What can I do today to implement it? Again, the keyword, practice. How can you translate this into practice? Practice it and go ahead. Keep enjoying the process of efficiently working sports. And let's move on for the types of gratitude, meaning the things one can be grateful for, and the forms one can go about it. And alongside this, I will lay out three ideas for practicing gratitude deliberately. First, we have actions. These can be divided in actions you performed and was a sign of development to you, or that brought some kind of satisfaction to you, or even actions that you saw from other people or something that was done for your welfare. Also, despite this, minor behaviors can also enter here. 
There's no need to be significant ones or grandiose and noble moves. More simple or trivial actions can be valued, like being more sympathetic in, an, in any given occasion, smiling more, or volunteering for a good cause for a day or two, or even holding the door for another person to pass. So many day-to-day -day examples I could lay out here. And if in these, let's say, there is something that is not very natural for you to engage in or perform, there's nothing wrong in trying to force it just a little bit, as long as if this is with a good intention, you maintain it, and you are deliberate in doing it, not feeling obliged going for it. Then there is events, the second type or area. Events can be sometimes juxtaposed with actions that I've just laid out. Still, it's the situations you were appreciative for them to happen in your life. It can be the good weather, a sight that you had during the day, the birds chirping around, a good achievement or feedback received in a training session or a match. And finally, we have the gratitude towards human connections that happened. Being grateful here for the resolution of a conflict, for example, being grateful for the understanding gained for another person's perspective, or the understanding and validation that other person gained towards some perspective of yours, being grateful, let's say, for the appreciation of another person transpired towards you, or simply grateful for something or things you appreciate about other person, for example, a concrete behavior that one had or even a specific characteristic of the given person. And before closing this part, with the ideas for practicing gratitude deliberately, it's important to consider some other points. Now, that's the part of the warnings and of debating some of this. And one, and I will start just cool, still on a kind of benefits, and then there comes the warnings, but one is regarding the shifting of attention that being grateful brings. See? Many times it's easy for any one of us to be inclined to be super frustrated for something that went wrong. It's easy and perhaps more automatic for one to blame external circumstances or others to justify that misfortune that happened, kind of like in a way to bolster our righteousness and defend ourselves for some insufficiencies we have and deep inside don't want to confront. And what gratitude can do is, a, is this shift in what we focus on and give importance to. Meaning, instead of becoming entangled and foiled, one can have a broader perspective on things and experience more stillness. Instead of being in that blaming mode, saying, oh, uh, if that guy or thing wasn't there screwing up my actions, I would be good and successful by now. You can find a space instead to engage in gratitude more by saying, like, okay, I should accept that these circumstances weren't the most desirable, but this can be a way to find new solutions and develop my capabilities beyond what... I was expecting. 
so I'm grateful for this opportunity. End quote. See, this is like a tactical mental maneuver to find the goodies in what was apparently bad and perceived as an obstacle in the first place, prompting you here to inside quote number one on episode six, quote, a pessimist sees the difficulty in every opportunity. An optimist sees the opportunity in every difficulty, end quote. Just to say that this ability is at anyone's reach and doesn't mean, and this is the important part, that we are dismissing unpleasant events. Not at all. Neither that we are being blindly optimistic, like solely hoping for the better to happen all the time. This is instead like an active optimism achieved through gratitude. And also it prompts us to the topic of acceptance, a big one already talked in some interviews at EWS and on episodes 53 and 57. Now, another point related to optimism and pessimism precisely is that with these practices of gratitude we should pay attention to not dismiss what is there happening in our lives that are undesirable and that in some sense we want and we can exert some influence to change that. This gratitude conversation, again, it's not to produce passivity. By the contrary, it's to prime ourselves to find the good in the quote-unquote bad, ex- bad events or outcomes and to notice what is being more frustrated in our needs and wishes, for us to work towards it. And again, Reinforcing this, which was the point I wanted to address, I don't want you to leave this inside quote with the notion that gratitude is good because it promotes only positivity and good vibes all around, and that you will become more happy with that. No, there are several other subjective experiences happening. We are humans. There are other feelings to be felt, and that's why there is a wider scope of human emotions, you see, to tell us what is happening and orient ourselves to needs, to wishes, to inform about motivations, to guide us towards our goals, etc. So many influences here by our emotions. So they are important and again, these are not to be avoided or worse, despised by the practice of gratitude. That would be a bummer. Every human experience or feeling is to be respectfully addressed, understood and validated, as it is there to inform, again, inform us of something relevant that is happening with us. Again, responsiveness is a key word here that we use often at EWS, and activity, being active on this, with this, instead of being with that attitude of dismissiveness and passivity. And another thing is that you can certainly be grateful, not only for the beautiful or colorful things, but for a wider array of things. And if there's something along the way you want more of, or you want to fulfill, prompting you here to the sporting practices again, work for it. You can always use some persistence of yours, some persuasion, negotiation, some power over to influence that in your favor. And well, beyond this ramble, 
you can also at any time celebrate aka be grateful for the minor accomplishments you can focus on what you have already instead of dwelling and beating yourself up for what you don't have and maybe yet maybe you don't have it yet and with this i hope you just take a look at those things let's say technically technical components or moves that you don't have yet as an inspiration as a guiding goal you work towards optimistically as for the three ideas i have for you to starting a more consistent practice of gratitude they are the gratitude journal the night routine and the creative reminders or tokens the journal first is self explanatory you may keep a routine where you save like 5 to 10 minutes in your day to write one thing you are grateful for in each of those three categories i've mentioned actions events and connections oh and keep in mind that the most important when going for any of these practices overall is that you recall the things you are grateful for with the most details possible and to really connect with that feeling of gratitude this is not just to scribble around and go about those 5 minutes in a rush it's for oneself to sit calmly and either manually write on a physical journal or write on a notes app on the cell phone and maybe with that closing your eyes and reliving the experience in memory this is of great help like adding vividly the sensory elements associated with the moment what did you saw the colors there the human facial expression you or the other did what did you heard what did you felt in your body or even what was the smell present <laughs> or if you've eaten a delicious cake relive that and feel as if you were with the taste of it in your mouth again appreciating it all the flavors and senses and then we have the night routine this is similar to this one that i've just mentioned i would repeat the same details just that this can be a good addition or substitute to the journal practice it is before going to bed close your closing your eyes and mention three things you are grateful for at the end put a smile in your face while grateful and lay in bed for the deserved rest and to close on these ideas one that i do personally which is to have a token or symbol that prompts me to recall an event i was grateful for in my case this can happen at any moment during a day and this is the following anytime i touch or look at a shell a seashell and i have plenty collected and all around my house i stop and recall the event opening the space to feel grateful hmm <laughs> And as writer Terry Lynn Taylor said, quote, "Gratitude is our most direct line to God and the angels. If we take the time, no matter how crazy and troubled we feel, we can find something to be thankful for." 
end quote. Having said all this, I hope you give gratitude a go. I bet you'll be thankful you did. And that's it. I guess that's all I have to say around gratitude, without entering in scientific details. And, hmm, before I close with some notes on some menaces, or let's say, when one can emerge in unfavorable ways of being grateful. Yes, in my opinion, there are, like, wrong ways of going about gratitude. That's a huge claim, I know, but maybe, as you will see it, and as I've prompted before, here and there, on this episode, what I'm about to propose are attitudes that, in the end, are not true experiences of gratitude, maybe. So, no controversy on this, I hope. But anyway, tell me your thoughts afterwards about it in the comments, or through SpeakPipe. A link for that is at the end of the episode's description, as always. Hey you, athlete, student, or worker of some kind. We want to know real cases. So tell us, from what you've heard, what have you been missing out? What is one idea that popped into your mind while listening? Feel free to share in the comments so we can assist you further. See ya! So, the menaces or kind of some risks of looking at gratitude. There are three that I thought about. One, on convenient satisfaction. Two, on being artificial feeling versus a genuine one. And three, on habituation. The first one, I've touched already on it when I spoke before, of the risk of avoiding other emotional experiences, or of dismissing any perception of negativity whatsoever for the sake, just for the sake of cultivating in an, in an exaggerated fashion the quote-unquote good vibes and positivity all around. Because most probably, again, that may turn out to be unrealistic. And that's what I call the instrumental use for gratitude, for one's convenient satisfaction, you see. By doing that, one is going through life more towards comfort, maybe valuing this facet of comfort too much, and disregarding other important experiences to be felt, although I regard it can be difficult and very unpleasant sometimes to open one's heart to get in touch with those. But that's it. Like, the right way to be grateful regarding this aspect is to feel it organically, naturally, without expecting something in return an experience just for the sake of it, autotelic, it is called, meaning with an end in itself. That's different than, quote, okay, I will now search for the positive things in my life for me to be grateful because science says it's good for me and I will feel more happy and I need to feel good at all times, end quote. <laughs> That's why I say there's this potential menace in using gratitude in an instrumental way, which would be a bummer. The second aspect, or menace, let's say, is related with this. Am I feeling truly grateful or am I convincing myself that I am? This is a risk of trying to force the experience, you see. It can become artificial and not genuine. This is not to say that 
dedicating a time in your day for the gratitude moments, like the journal, for example, does not work. No. But please, just be cool about it. <laughs> and if you don't feel it as intensely as expected, it's fine. Another more appropriate time will come. And again, please don't go for it solely as a means to an end of feeling good, for example, or because me or any other guy told you to do so because it was good, because X, Y or Z. Remember to engage with the practice, valuing what you value more in what was contained in the given moments you are recalling and relive the experience more in your body, recalling the details and feeling it more than going about it intellectually. And the final menace is easier to understand. It's simply the risk of falling into the trap of habituation. You know it, as with any other thing, the more one practices it, or the more one coexists and gets familiar with it, the more probably, the more probable is the fact of starting to undervalue the experience. The feelings can start to fade with time. So try your best to turn these gratitude practices, these gratitude moments, not as a stringent routine, nor as a task you need to perform, but as a special time, like a ritual or a sacred moment for you, and just you, no need to share. Whew, more than 30 minutes. What did you think of all this? Well, I usually reserve this last part of the episodes to ask for your engagement somehow, but I have no idea for what to prompt you exactly on this, to be honest. Still, I really think this is one of the most fundamental episodes so far that I've produced for EWS Podcast. Despite it not being charged with the topic on mental skills or psychology. But me, agreeing with the claim that gratitude can be the greatest of all virtues, it's deserved the time spent here on this. That's why it got longer, almost doubling the time of the time usually an insight quote takes. And nevertheless, I would be grateful for sure in hearing from you for anything. And I leave you with one extra quote that I've promised, three, from Carl Jung, a renowned psychologist, and athletes, coaches, and teachers of youngsters, this is especially for you. One looks back with appreciation to the brilliant teachers, but with gratitude to those who touched our human feeling. We hope these messages got across well to assist you in efficiently work in your sport. For more information, go to ewsport.eu and get in touch with expert interviews and other types of posts. I remind you that you can write a comment right there on some podcast apps on our Instagram at ewsport.eu or even by sending a quick voice message on the clickable link I leave right at the end of this episode description. If you prefer to stay anonymous, this is a good option. All simple and free. So take the time to do so.
and take a step to be closer of efficiently work your sports practice. Until then, take care.